Hey guys, this episode is a little different because I used a webinar that I produced on a Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. So if you didn't make it to that one, no hard feelings, but uh, this episode I will be referring to the slides and a PDF that I created. So if you get the chance, please, please visit tactusmedia.com slash media m-e-d-i-a dash mentor m-e-n-t-o-r dash h-u-b so that's tactus media media mentor hub um, i also have that in the show notes for you to be able to click on but once you're on that hub you can see this presentation and i'll have links to the slideshow which is on slideshare and that pdf is a download so um yeah a little different i'm gonna see how you guys like it and uh enjoy Thank you for checking out the Media Marketing Podcast, a place where you can learn all things media and marketing related. Don't miss a beat in boosting your business and your brand. In each episode, you'll gain valuable insights, tools, and strategies to apply to your marketing efforts. And now your host, Brian Cargill. We're just going to jump right into things. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me uh, for this awesome webinar, at least I think it's awesome, of leveling up your Zoom game with Tactus Media, which is my company. And I want to say thank you everyone for joining us on a Friday morning. Uh, like I mentioned, I have a little bit of coffee here. Hope you guys do too, because we are going to be covering a lot of different bases. Um, actually, in the making of this presentation, it gave me a whole new appreciation for some of the work and uh, just realizing how much goes into um, making a successful webinar looking good on a Zoom uh, presentation. You know, I'm going to be talking about some of the equipment that I've acquired over the years. It wasn't all at once. So just know that it's a slow process of slowly building up everything you need to look and present well. And there's things that you're going to learn every single time you do a presentation. So um, if you guys would like, you can follow along with my slides on, uh, if you go to my website, tactusmedia.com and go to the Media Mentor Hub. It will have the slides. It'll have the PDF that I'll be referring to with all of the um, products. I'm not an affiliate with any of these products as of the recording of this, but I will be referencing products from Amazon, um, Adorama, and B&H. So let's jump right in. Slide number one. So slide number one, um, a little bit about me. My name is Brian Cargill and I started um, YouTube back in 2007. I had to go back and, and see how long ago it had been since I had you know, first got introduced to this platform. I think I remember being at the, the lunch table and kids were talking about YouTube, what is this thing? And so I created an account and threw up a couple of just random videos. Back then you didn't have a cell phone, so it's, it was a lot harder. You had to actually make the investment into uh, I had like this little flip cam. I think I might even have it still here. Uh, it's not worth looking, but it's just this little purple flip cam and uh, had some great memories with that because it was waterproof, could do a lot of different things that you can't actually do with a uh, phone today. Um, but that, that's kind of my claim to fame. I, I think YouTube launched in 2006 and I just started making a lot of video content, uh, vlogs, little short stories. And I've always leaned towards the documentary style, so just kind of that authentic storytelling and trying to recreate um, whatever it was that experience or event that you were at. And so then, uh, you know, I had started making a handful of videos and I went to went off to school uh, down at the University of Oregon and studied uh, journalism. And I found that journalism to me was more of a modes of how do you tell a good story 
and learning how to um, all the different components and being a good writer, being able to do things like photography, do things like video production. And it was able, it gave me the opportunity to combine all of these skills I really enjoy and design in there as well. And then I graduated, worked in uh, marketing for in the financial industry for a handful of years, continued to work on my craft, and then actually incorporated podcasting into my skill set not too long ago. But uh, enough about me. Let's jump into uh, how do you make a you know successful Zoom appearance. So what I will cover in this presentation is why you want to improve your video skills. You know. What, what's the point of doing that? Um, what do you want to use? So we'll be covering camera, audio, also go into lighting and some of the other accessories that make your life a little bit easier. Um, you know, without going too far, for example, I'm sure many of you have tried, you know, propping up your camera on a, a bookshelf or uh, on a table. It can be challenging. So I'm going to talk about tripods, things that are going to make your life a little bit easier. And then just overall enhancement tips, things that I've seen that people struggle with and um, can make a world of difference for how you're perceived uh, through a Zoom phone call. And then uh, speaking considerations, I have a background with Toastmasters. I've been in it for a better part of five years. I enjoy speaking and so I wanna share some of the, the pitfalls and challenges that I've gone through and hopefully save you from having to go through some of the similar things I've experienced. And uh, then next, is recording, which I'm going to go into briefly, but um, yeah, well, let's go into the first one. So why improve? Well, we are now working from home. Everyone is in this digital space where we're being forced to do, I've, I've, I feel fortunate that I've spent, you know, a greater part of my career in video and now we are all on video doing this. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a big opportunity and it's a great way to showcase yourself in a, in a good light. I know many of us are going into interviews, so how you look in an interview can uh, make a big impact for employers. Um, maybe you're making sales calls, so how you look on a camera can make a big difference. So professional look, perception is everything. People are always judging us. I know people don't like to hear that, but it's true. People are constantly kind of um, sizing you up, Measuring, hey, is this person you know, a reliable source? Do I want to hear more from them? Um, I don't know why the numbers are out of order here, but um, number three would be, yeah, we're kind of in this like video movement. Uh, YouTube reports that mobile video consumption rises 100% every year. So video is here to stay and growing. Um, I like to think of it kind of like the blogs of the early 2000s. Like now everyone has either a YouTube channel or a podcast, it's kind of the new trend that everyone's moving towards. So let's jump into uh, improving. Now, I do wanna give you guys a warning, uh, beware, once you know these things, you cannot go back. Uh, so you're gonna see these little tendencies and you're gonna start noticing things in other people's. Um, don't let that discourage you, don't let that hold you back. Uh, I try not to let perfection be uh, the bane of me like actually producing stuff, but I do wanna give you guys that fair warning, so. Uh, Buckle up and get ready to learn some stuff about video. So let's talk equipment, the camera. Now, I put an iPhone in here because I found one that was used, but uh, I think they're on average, they're going for around $780 uh, is what I found in my research. And uh, yeah, just try to find a good deal around you. Um, there's some pros and cons to an iPhone. An iPhone uh, is used, it has a, uh, a calling function, so it actually does have a microphone built in it, but 
it's meant to be next to your face. And so that microphone isn't as great. So um, keep that in mind that when you have it set up, I'm going to talk about a tripod that you can put your um, iPhone onto later in this presentation, but that's something to consider. It's like you need to be somewhat closer to your iPhone if you want to get that quality audio. The next camera, this is what I used to work with back um, you know, a handful of years ago is just using a webcam like this. Um, these webcams can be interesting. They, they're easy, so you just set it up, plug in your USB, and it automatically does all the work for you. The one consideration is that it might, um, it's using those auto sensors, so it's gonna pick up, maybe it picks up on your background, it makes your background um, lit up, and then you're all, you, know, you can't see you because of the shadows. So you don't have as much control as you would over, say, this next camera, a DSLR. And the other thing to consider with this webcam is it doesn't have the audio component. So you're not picking up any audio, it's just the visual. Um, this is a DSLR uh, Canon 5D Mark IV. That's what I use here. Um, I found it retails at uh, around $1,700. Um, I had to pay more for that, but that's just because, you know, as technology is growing, uh, things get cheaper and they figure out ways to make them, you know, smaller and uh, more efficiently. So uh, there's also, you know, Sony makes a good camera, Panasonic makes a good camera, and I put those into the PDF uh, link as well. Um, and then so, you know, those are the three cameras, but I'm going to dive into the DSLR, which there's a few more things that go along with it. So it's not just this, you know, simple setup like those other two, but um, getting a lens, I'm using a 24 to 70 millimeter lens, which allows me to zoom in or out if I want to. This lens can get you pretty far. So if you buy one of these cameras, just get like a zoom lens. You can do a lot, a lot of things. Um, if you're trying to do this on a budget, I would recommend the 50 millimeter lens and you can get one of those for under a hundred bucks. So if you're willing to make the investment in the DSLR, get that smaller lens or just that, that fixed lens, you can save some money. Uh, the other consideration is batteries. So the, at, at any point during this presentation, my battery could go out. I have uh, plenty of them right here to replace. So I just have them on the charger and I, re I uh, replace them. But you can, I'm, I just put in a purchase for this constant power outlet so I can uh, constantly run uh, power to my camera potentially here in the future, which I think will also enhance. And so that way I'm not having a, a client call and then I go, uh, you know, dark or what, what it, I'll show you guys what it actually turns to. Um, it'll look like this, which is a little bit different, a little bit of a throwback to, um, I don't know, those days when your TV went out and you would uh, hit the sides of it and hope that it came back online again. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the next thing is an HDMI converter is because you're going to be running it through the feed uh, of your camera, but then it needs to be converted into USB. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of people have somewhat of a foundation of you know, HDMI and USB, but um, if not, you can research those and that'll explain, um, yeah, converting such a high quality image into something that can be run through your computer is a really challenging thing for your camera to do alone. So having that converter box will help a ton. And then HDMI to HDMI uh, regular. So and I have all the pricing down below. So, it's a handful of things, but I grew these over time, you know, new batteries. Maybe I get a new one uh, every half year. The lens, it took me a while to save up for that. Um, this converter box, you know, I'm, I, that's probably been the biggest improvement in the last year for me was, was buying that converter and finally being able to use the equipment that I already own. Um, with all of this, I would recommend, you know, 
if you're going to make that investment into a nicer camera, um, you know, keep in mind that you're going to be like, get the most that you can out of it. So if you think you're gonna be filming videos, use it. If you're going to go on a family event, go take photos and you can see Emily in the background. That's my uh, fiance. Uh, I guess she's getting ready to go for a run, but I don't know why it's not wanting to go to the next slide. So I'm going to exit out here and let's just go out. So does anyone have any questions so far? Uh, with some of the things I know uh, that's just the camera alone something to consider but um, I don't know I, I I've had a good experience with it and I think that um, you know you're gonna get a long-term use out of it as long as you get a camera that you can buy something used you buy something new and then just you can upgrade equipment you know at various stages uh, you know as, as you're going through the next couple of years here a uh, travel tripod can be great. This one has a function on it where you can just put in your cell phone and then as you upgrade to a DSLR, or you want to use a webcam, you can take off that uh, little shoe for the cell phone and put in your DSLR. And I recommend having a tripod like this because it's travel. You can go out, um, you know, wherever and, and set that up. And tripods are designed to hold cameras. Uh, and back in my early days, I do have some good stories of trying to prop it up against a book, putting it up on a bookshelf, any number of things, you know, you have this crooked camera, um, you know, having the tripod will make sure everything's level and it'll make your life a little bit easier. And I'm sure some of you maybe uh, solicited help from a friend or uh, a family member to hold a camera for you while you talk for hours on end and, and you know, their arm gets tired at, at a certain point. So, but a tripod's arm does not. And then next we have, uh, you know, headphones. I'm wearing headphones right now. This just allows me to block out the rest of the sound. I recommend over-the-ear headphones, especially if you're working in a noisy environment or you really want to be able to hear yourself. Uh, the over-the-ear cuffs make a big difference. And uh, a lot of the products here are um, Audio-Technica. I've had a good experience with Audio-Technica. But, um, yeah, I think whatever brand you feel comfortable with uh, is, is definitely perfectly acceptable. I'm gonna check right here because I have a, uh, a message in the chat. Um, okay, people are having a hard time getting the link. I think what I'm gonna do is provide uh, just the recording to folks afterwards. And we are streaming live on Facebook right now, which is really exciting. This is my first time doing that. Um, but here's in practice, uh, all having, having the camera. So this is that first one, the iPhone selfie. Uh, you can tell that it has that flat look similar to like if you were watching the news um it doesn't have that uh, nice shallow depth of field like the dslr does on the right side um, the next one is my webcam very similar to the the selfie look um and then yeah finally a dslr which i you know just having that nice they call it a bouquet where the back is all blurry and then you're in focus um, really stands out and actually helps your audience um, put their focus on you in particular. And I have my camera set to autofocus just as you know things change. And I've been fortunate that my camera does a good job of it. Don't always trust autofocus with your camera. Um, make sure you get that dialed in. But play around with the camera and see just like how finicky it is. Some cameras are really, really fast with their autofocus. Some are a little bit slower. And then um, just the benefits uh, or the pros and cons of all of these, you know, the, the first one, your cell phone, you know, it's cheap, it's fast, it does a lot of the auto settings, but you're going to have poor audio and the video, depending on how um, you set things up, might not look as good either. But then when you bring in a professional, they're going to put a little bit more thoughtfulness in it. A professional can allow you to focus as a talent, focus on speaking. Um, yeah. 
but that's kind of a slide from a, from another presentation. So I won't go too much into my skill set because I know you guys are here to learn what can you do on your own, and I can't come to all of your homes to film you. So uh, you guys will have to do it. You know, I'm going to give you the skill sets to be able to do that on your own. Let's see. Um, next slide is right here. A big thank you to our sponsors over at songtub.com. That's right, song or music and a tub, like a bath, but more fun to say. Tub, tub. Anyway, you can check out Songtub's website for any of your music needs. In fact, the song playing in the background right now is from Songtub. So why pick them over anyone else? Well, they curate the music. And I know the guys, so that means I know that they're selecting great music for your project. A lot of other companies will brag about how many songs they have, maybe 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million. But honestly, I don't have time for that. I don't have the time to just sit down and go next, 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 a song, not so great. You know, trying to figure out where the best music is. Songtub.com, great place to get your music. And now I'm excited to offer you the first month for free if you go to songtub.com slash pro, P-R-O, and we have a promo code for you. Yes, that's right. My name, your host, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and that will give you your first month free to have access to a huge music library that you can use towards your next video project, podcast, or any of your general audio needs. Anyway, back to the show. Right now I am using, they don't make the microphone that I use currently anymore, but I found the closest one, this one here on the left. And again, um, if you guys want to follow along with the PDF document, it has all these products on there and you can click in them and like see a little bit more of the specs and see what, you know, what meet your needs. But this one here on the left is a good one to consider because it has a, a dual function. You can use USB um, or you can plug in with an XLR. XLR is a lot... Uh, it's going to transfer a lot better data um, across the way. But, you know, for me, I'm plugged into USB, works totally fine. I think it sounds good. More than like having high quality equipment is how you use it. So I'm making sure that my microphone is a good, I don't know, 10 to 12 inches away from me. You want to be too close because then it pops a bunch. Um, and you don't want to be too far away, too far back because, uh, you know, the closer to the source, the better. Um, normally I would use. I guess I, I could use a pop guard, but I've, I felt good recently and feel like I've been controlling my voice to be able to not have to worry about popping as much. But um, yeah, you guys maybe have seen pop guards when people are doing, um, when they're recording in the studio and they're singing. Um, that's that way those P's and T's don't just come through the microphone. Um, the next product I put on here was a lavalier mic. So if you are still just using your phone and want to increase your audio, um, mainly because you have your phone further, like I mentioned, further away from you, it's not up to your face. Having a lavalier mic that you clip onto your shirt can make a big difference. Um, and also a lavalier is gonna be better than any of these other microphones uh, when you're out and about. So if you're out in nature or if you're in a noisy place, having a lavalier mic and speaking into it is gonna be your best quality audio. And I picked a cable, uh, a, a lavalier mic in here that was about six point six and a half feet long just because you know if you're setting up on your camera you want to be able to stand far away you know further away from it and not be you know locked into being right next to uh, the lens right there so uh, and then the next one i'm using a mic stand you know this one was like a 30 dollar mic stand um not 100 percent necessary but it can make it big difference, kind of like I mentioned before, having these stands makes, makes it so you don't have to hold it physically, a friend doesn't have to hold it, and you're able to focus on the things that you want to focus on, which is you know, looking good on camera. 
And then the next one is a, a table mic stand. That's a little bit more of an old school style uh, where you have the microphone there, but it does a great job. Uh, something to consider with a table mic stand, if you're typing on your computer or if you have, if you're going to be using your mouse, that can reverberate through the mic. So that's why I like having the mic stand. It's kind of elevated and away from everything. Um, considerations for audio. Uh, you know, external factors. I know a lot of us now that we are working from home, you might have, like I had earlier, my fiance walking through here and um, opening and closing doors. Unfortunately, I, I live in a small apartment, so I don't have as many you know, different rooms that I could set up in. But if you have a room that's furthest away from your kids or your spouse or anyone that uh, you know, could be making noise, that's always helpful. I didn't put into this video, but um, there's ways to block sound. Um, you know, some old school way of doing it, it was like with mattresses. Now you can buy some nice foam core and you can put that up and that'll help uh, reduce the external sound and it'll help keep your sound within your room. And then closing doors and windows, that always makes a big difference. My neighbors can be a little loud. Sometimes they're doing construction here, so closing the door. Or just uh, choosing a different time of day uh, has sometimes been key for me. Technical factors. The computer that we're all using does give out a little bit of a hum, a little bit of a sound to it. So um, having your mic pointing closer towards you and away from your computer will help with that. Uh, external drives make noise, so turning those off before you present. And if you're working in an office environment, fluorescent lights give off sound too. So when, uh, if that's the case, it's better to have your microphone maybe pointing down and at you rather than up because of that sound will be, you know, it's gonna be picking up the fluorescent light uh, coming from above. All right, I'm gonna take like a little water break here just because I feel like I've been just talking at you guys so far, but does anyone have any questions about um, camera or audio so far? I'm just that comprehensive, huh? <laughs> no, I think it, it's a lot. And so if you guys do have that, that PDF sheet to follow along with, I try to do a good job of outlining all of the um, different you know, components that'll help. And right now I'm talking about equipment just because I'm thinking, you know, just trying to have a good base. And I will get into how to use the equipment and what, um, you know, what are little small adjustments that you can do that really enhance your overall production. But here's my setup on the left. I, I am in front of a window and I actually have curtains that I can control the light as it changes throughout the day. There are pros and cons to using a window. Um, I think it has the best natural light that shot down below is just all natural light. Um, I'm a little bit darker right now. I could adjust the settings, but I'm not going to because um, I still think you guys can see me and it looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, using the natural things that you have around you, that's huge, setting up in front of a window. On the next slide, I'll show you the different ways of setting up in front of a window to create a different look. But uh, here's a small lighting kit. I picked this one. I have not used this one myself, um, but a small lighting kit can go a long way if you don't have natural light. And this one adjusts um, color temperature, so it can go from really blue to really orange, depending on what other lights you might be balancing within your own home. And a good rule of thumb for uh, light for when you set up your lighting kit is you want to have it in front of you and probably about two feet above your head pointing down. I've seen some people where they have it below and then it kind of creates sh cast shadows on your face. Looks like someone's telling a ghost story um, or even they, if you have it direct on, it doesn't create kind of the nice shadows on someone's face. So um, having it from above two feet 
um, pointed down at an angle, um, kind of play around with the angle. I can go, I could get a little more technical on it, but I think for right now, because we're covering so much, I'll just leave it at that. And then the next one, I wanted to give you guys a few of my thoughts about ring lights. Ring lights are really popular right now. They're, uh, as you can see, they're cheap, affordable. This one, you can adjust the color temperature on it as well. But I'm not really as big of a fan of ring lights unless you're doing something that requires people to like really study your face, um, because such as like a makeup tutorial, or I don't know if you're trying to get rid of blemishes. Maybe you're doing um, face cream, things like that. Um, because it, it it just it highlights everything, and it doesn't creating a dynamic look to how, how you see someone. So um, having those lighting kits. So th that's my, my two cents on the different types of lights that are available. Oh, I guess it's actually this slide. Okay. Um, actually, I don't think I included it, but uh, for um, when you're in front of a window, yeah, bummer that I don't have the examples for you guys, but Set up in front, looking at the window. Don't set up with the window behind you, because then you're gonna have this crazy flares from the sun. Then you won't be, and your camera won't be able to pick up on that. And also, I've seen some people try to do it on a side, and you'll get like one part of your face will wash out, and the other part uh, will just be too dark. So I recommend just setting up right in front of the camera, right in front of the window, just similar to like how I have my setup here, adjusting blinds as you need. And blinds actually do a great job of diffusing uh, the light, so it, it'll spread spread it out over uh, kind of like a, a cloud cover would. It just uh, the light goes in and just nicely disperses out. Uh, connectivity that is huge for being on a Zoom call because uh, you don't want to drop out of the Zoom call, and uh, you want your audience to be able to hear you throughout the entire presentation. So I'm hardwired in, um, as you guys can see from this picture here that is an ethernet cable so if you hardwire into your modem that'll uh, reduce you having the opportunity of um, you know dropping out from the, the call you can turn off notifications on your computer that we don't have pop-ups don't have email notifications you don't have things that you don't want your audience to see um, and then you have uh, you know close unnecessary apps so that way that's not happening as well. And then less overall use of Wi-Fi at home. If you don't have an opportunity to hardwire, you don't have an ethernet cable, uh, you don't uh, really kind of understand modems and routers, that's okay. They're kind of, that gets a little, you know, a little bit more in the weeds than you need to. But if you tell everyone in the, in the, in your home to turn off their Wi-Fi on their phone, you turn it off personally, that's going to help. Uh, that's going to prevent the throttling of your Wi-Fi and you're going to be able to stay connected longer. Next, talking about um, camera presence. So how do you look on the camera? And I, uh, angle is a big thing. And I think this is really gonna make a big difference when you guys watch movies. Uh, you'll see that usually the bad guy is at a low angle, kind of looking up his, his nose, and then the good guy, uh, you know, kind of a little bit level. And then if someone, they wanna show them as being vulnerable or weak, they'll put a, from a higher level looking down. So that first one, I didn't over I didn't do a very dramatic job of it, but that on the left you can see that's from above. You know, that's kind of that. I think of the movie Jack and the Beanstalk. They have so many shots of uh, the giant in that movie uh, from low below like that. And then level, I recommend, uh, or something that I've learned is the chin height is kind of really good because it's 
not quite, um, you know, eye level, but it's just enough that you're, you're looking up. So that way you can see someone uh, psychologically, um, you see someone kind of as an authority figure, depending on what, where the camera level is looking at. So kind of one of those interesting psychological tricks that go with uh, being in front of a camera. Because I've seen people where they just have it on their laptop and it's down below and you're just really looking up their, their nose the whole time. And that just makes it really challenging to follow along with them. So whatever you can to prop up your camera. Um, I actually bought these milk crates and those do a good job too. You put a couple milk crates on top of a table and you can do, stand and do a presentation. Um, and then next, eye contact. So this is probably uh, the weirdest or the most uh, challenging thing to get comfortable with is to not actually be looking at yourself or to be looking at the people on the screen, but to be looking into this. Uh, for me, it's a little green dot on my Mac. Uh, my camera, this is what I'm looking into is just this little lens. And uh, I've set it up in a way where you guys are just a little off center of my lens. So I still kind of feels like I'm looking at you. But um, when I was first starting out, I had all of the people that I was looking at on the other side of my screen. And so I was looking back and forth. And that's just, I think it's a little distracting for the audience if you're toggling that far uh, around. So if you, the closer you can keep it to your line of vision, the better. Is that, was that kind of eye-opening for you guys, like camera level? I mean, that changed everything for me, um, kind of seeing, seeing the different levels and how that psychologically plays a, a role for people. Yeah? Friday, <laughs> Friday morning, Friday morning, not 10 a.m. So we finally, uh, we're about halfway through the presentation. Thank you, Heather, for that thumbs up. Yeah. And so, okay, I guess I did include the, the slide here. So, so far we've covered camera, we've talked about audio, we've talked about lighting, we've talked about the angle of your camera. And uh, just as a heads up, there are 19 slides, so you can access those from the Media Mentor Hub. On uh, I just uploaded this, them to SlideShare, so you should be able to follow along. But um, there's a, a famous saying or a famous quote, the uh, poll coming out of your head is the number one thing you don't want to have happen. So this is, this is something you'll probably notice right away if, if someone's on camera and there's something sticking out of their head, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving because these are all like part of the same, uh, you know, object, my blinds here. So it's not completely a pole sticking out of my head. Um, but that's something to think about is like people do subconsciously look, okay, what is behind you and uh, what are the things that um, are noticeable? The other one is headspace. So I recommend about um, one to two inches really should be your headspace. You see some people where it's, it's pretty dramatic and, um, you know, it's like a couple feet. That's just not really necessary. So uh, aim for two feet if you can. Um, and then something that I've learned from my experience uh, in school was if someone has like a really tall hat on or something, it's okay to cut their hat off. Or if they have really tall hair, you can you can cut off their uh, cut that off. Yeah, Toya was pointing uh, <laughs> pointing to hair, her hair. Yeah, and so you want to put the focus kind of around where someone's mouth is. And if their hair gets cut off, that's okay. Um, and, it, and it shouldn't be the end of the world. I, I have worked with some people who are like, why are you going to cut their hair off? And it's like, because the focus is on the mouth and in the eyes. That's where, that's where the action's happening. So, um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, taking a break from the items here on the left, but take, looking at the examples I he have here on the right of the different shots, this is me in front of my window uh, in my room. 
as you can see, because there's the bed in one of those backgrounds. But uh, that's me with the window as the backdrop. With your phone, you don't have the control, or with a webcam, you don't have the control to make yourself in focus and the rest of it blown out. Kind of as you guys can see with my current screen, um, as the light's starting to come in, it's, it's washing out this background so you can't see it. That's not really ideal what you want to go for, but because I am the focus of the, um, this video clip, that's a little bit more forgiving. Um, the next is like on the, when you're you know, set up in front of a window, if you're at a side angle, like I mentioned, your, the side of your face can get washed out and then the other side will, be, will cast a shadow. So ideally is this third one here where you're in front of the, cam in front of the window, you know, directly head on and that, that'll light up uh, your entire face that way your audience can see you. Now for extra bonus points, a lot of YouTubers do this. They'll put a light behind them and this creates a halo effect. So in that next one, uh, if you want to look angelic to your audience, that's one way of doing it. And you could, you know, you know, this just came to mind to me for me, but if you buy one of those, those panel lights or if you set up in front of uh, a window and put your uh, ring light behind you, you could create a similar halo effect. But keep in mind, if you move left or right, people will see it. But um, that's a little bit more of an advanced technique. So down there at the bottom, you'll see the ideal is, um, you know, nothing is washed out, decent amount of headroom, people can see your hands. Um, so that's that's uh that's the goal um but this is something that takes time every single time you do a presentation it's going to change you'll get a little bit better and you'll be able to evaluate yourself and and grow from that uh distracting items i don't have it in this shot but if you have like clothes laying around or or whatnot try to take a brief a, a quick second to move those out of the way because people will get distracted and and be like oh, i wonder what that shirt says or, or or whatnot that's just how people's minds that's how they how they work. Um, and then the next one is background distance. I didn't do a good job with, uh, oh, I didn't put the one where I was up against, where I was against the wall, but you want to give yourself a little bit of a cushion from your background. And this will create um, a depth, a little bit of a depth of field with any camera that you're using, whether it's automatic or, or not automatic, but whether it's an iPhone or whether it's a webcam, keeping that distance. Um, and so that's why like some of the, like when I think of some really good interview shots, those are the ones that are like outside and the distance is just like hundred, like, you know, three, 400 yards away in the background. And it allows you to put all the focus on uh, the subject matter. So that's background. I'm going to check the comments here just cause I don't have those rolling at the same time. Oh man. Heather said, yeah, the pull, pull in the head. It's <laughs> It is pretty funny. It's, it it kind of ruins you, though. Now that you know that, you'll be like, oh, you're just going to notice everyone with a pole coming out of their, their head. And this is a side note. I think I, I don't know. I think it's just a funny story. But my dad, when I was a kid, he took me to, to London, and he made Big Ben come out of my head, and he still makes fun of me for, to this day and shows me that photo and says, hey, remember that time I made Big Ben come out of your head? And I'm like, yeah, now I teach people not to do what you did to me. <laughs> so there you go, Dad. Okay, so how do you increase meeting engagement? Um, warm welcomes. So today was a little bit challenging because I jumped right into it, but welcoming all of your guests as they come in. So thank you, Toya, Bryce, Kenny, Brandon, Heather, uh, for tuning in. I think I got everyone there. Uh, so really acknowledging people. And as they join the chat or join the, the room, it makes a big difference. So that way people aren't just awkwardly sitting there like, what's going to happen? Like, are, is it okay to talk? Is it not okay to talk? So welcoming and saying, you know, we're glad you're here is a good, good way to increase engagement. 
for the sake of this presentation, because I had a lot of content to go through, I didn't do introductions, but if you give everyone a chance to explain very briefly who they are, um, what they do, and uh, what brought them to the meeting, um, that's a good way of breaking the ice with people and getting them comfortable and letting them know that, hey, this is like a collaborative experience. A cactus knows how to survive. It can endure scorching heat, limited rainfall, and defends itself against critters daily. Your business is no different. To survive harsh conditions, it's important to develop deep roots using media content that'll continuously nourish and support your marketing efforts day after day. Tactus Media is here to help you determine a strategy and create media content. Together, let's map out the next sequence of videos, podcasts, and social media to help your business thrive. Work with Tactus Media, media tactics that stick. Ouch! Visit tactusmedia.com to learn more. And then here's one, this is more of a, a leadership um, tip that I've learned is actually calling on specific individuals is a good way to get um, feedback and ideas. And um, you, know, you can say, hey, Bryce, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. What, what are your thoughts? And then say, and then if I was leading a discussion, then I'd say, hey, Kenny, think about what you might want to say. So that, that way you're like teeing people up and giving them an opportunity to think about it. Um, but yeah, because it, I found that when you say kind of generic, hey, what do you guys think? Or, which I've done in this presentation, so I guess I'm breaking my own rule. But I didn't want to put any, anyone on the spot in particular. But I think when you're in a, in a smaller group or, you know, say you're working in a, in a team environment, calling on individuals is a great way to get a uh, response. And then from the photo, you can say, you know, a nice smile and a wave. That's a good way to welcome people. Huh, okay. Let's see. Next slide. Okay, yeah, this one's a little bit more jumbled, but we're getting close to the end. So I'm really uh, appreciative of you guys for, for powering through and listening uh, to this presentation. The next one, uh, you know, common question. I, I think a lot of people have figured it out since then, but I wanted to put in this webinar was uh, how do I update my virtual background? Because I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a good two or three weeks where people were putting once they realized they could put virtual backgrounds. I saw people at the beach. I saw people uh yeah in london next to big ben i saw people all over the place with the uh, with their virtual backgrounds but here's a quick way of doing it and this is actually a good uh time to talk about maybe my my camera setup so if you go along the bottom of the zoom call you'll see all of these options if you don't you can always go to the top corner and click um you know file and uh, it'll give you all these settings too but when i hover over stop video there's an arrow and uh, you can see that my camera or my computer is identifying my DSLR, my Canon 5D uh, Mark IV as this U-tap. Um, but when I don't have the camera on, that's what it shows is these, uh, that old school, uh, you know, your, your television is uh, lost connection. Um, but yeah, so you can, you click over to virtual background, that third one down, and there's a little plus button. I should have done a better job highlighting it, but there's a plus button here. And when you click that plus button, you can upload an image or now they've uh, incorporated video. So you could have a moving video in the background. I haven't mastered that yet, but that might be the next thing on the horizon. But um, putting a photo can be helpful. And I do a lot of Toastmasters. So I have, um, you know, green, all the different backgrounds for when people are uh, you know, done with their speaking time or when they're trying to meet the, the minimum time. And I have a couple other ones built in there, too.
And then I highlighted here, uh, if you have a green screen, if you click this and then click the, the green screen color, uh, it'll help your computer identify uh, what is the actual background. And you don't have to have a true green screen if you are up against a wall, you know, pink, blue, whatever color wall, um, and you click that, it'll um, identify it as well. Uh, and then mirror my video. This one uh, gets a couple people. I had some friends that, uh, actually I won't say their names, but I had some people that were uh, showcasing, you know, a product that they had just put out and it was reversed. And so they uh, came out later and said, hey, we reversed it, but this is what it looks like. And, you know, they solved, they, you know, they solved that, uh, that problem very quickly. So um, something to keep in mind is that it's, it's mirroring the clip. Um, you guys have been doing a great job. One of, uh, when I was asking for feedback on, you know, what, what is someone, you know, what do they want to learn from webinars? What do they think, think people should know? And, uh, muting was one of them where I don't know if you guys have been in some conference calls and, uh, you know, maybe a spouse walks in or, or whatnot, but muting yourself can be really helpful. There are some pros and cons to muting yourself. I would say, you know, the pros is, it's going to formalize things and keep things streamlined and you're not going to have as distract many distractions. The con to muting yourself is it doesn't provide as much of a collaborative experience. So, um, you know, to that previous slide for increasing engagement, maybe you recommend to people not muting themselves, but I don't know how that's just kind of a comfort level thing. And, um, also something in, in the same vein of muting is to, if someone is a little bit distracting, the host can actually go in there and mute the person and prevent that, uh, you know, fiasco, uh, from escalating. And then the next one is uh, recording, uh, the cloud versus local. I'm actually recording this one locally because, uh, I've filled up all my space in the cloud. So they give you about a terabyte with, um, this the basic program for zoom but the cloud is my recommendation uh, because if everything drops out which I have had that happen in the past you'll lose all of your data if it's saved local so if it's saved to the cloud at least it's going to save some of that uh, data from your presentation devastating I had to start all over again with a with an interview so yeah thank you guys for bearing so far um, you know, just a little bit more about uh, what I do. You know, I, those are the tips on how to increase your uh, video production on uh, in a Zoom call. So the camera, the lighting, the setup, the backdrop, all those are, you know, it can sound like a lot, it can sound overwhelming, but I would just say work on one, kind of refine it, move over to the next one, keep refining. And it's a process. It's kind of like, if you think of anything that's really hard to do, but looks easy, you know, I think of golf, you know, golf looks super easy, extremely hard because you're having to, uh, you know, think of all these different aspects that go into it all at once. But, um, but it gets easier over time, the more you do it or you just get better. And so with my company, Tactus Media, what we do is video content and editing. So say you record a Zoom call and you want to edit it and you want to, um, you know, maybe boost your own personal brand or maybe you have a company, uh, we can splice those up and add, uh, as you can see in this example to the right, subtitles, we can put a banner at the top, we can do um, a little timing bar, especially with today's uh, day and age where people don't have a lot of uh, patience, especially on social media. So having that timing bar lets people know, okay, how much, how much longer do I have to watch for this video? As well as um, adding music and transitions and branding and all that to keep people really excited and want to keep watching your content. But yeah, we do branding and design. All these slides have been designed by me um, and podcast support. 
So if you're looking at starting a podcast, you already have a podcast, uh, just want to learn more about podcasting, um, you can find out a lot of this information at tactusmedia.com. Uh, like I mentioned, we have the Media Mentor Hub, which this is a series of resources. I have a, um, a free handout for your first eight videos that you create on YouTube. Um, I'm going to put this recording on there. Uh, there's going to be, you can check out the uh, media marketing podcast uh, on there as well. And if you guys need, you know, here's a little promo, but if you need music for your next video or podcast, you can get your first month free at songtub.com just using my name, B-R-Y-A-N at purchase. And they have a great selection. They just did a revamp of their website. So now it has like filter functions. So if you're really looking for a specific song or you're working in a specific industry, you know, corporate or real estate, um, they've identified that and made it really easy. So... I will send a follow-up email survey to everyone and um, I'm going to end the recording and end the live stream and then we'll go to Q&A and I want to hear if you guys have any questions or just thoughts, um, but you guys have been awesome. This has been really fun. I want to say a big thanks for tuning into the Media Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe to get notifications for new episodes, which are coming out every Thursday morning, or at least we're striving for that. Uh, feel free to visit our Facebook page where you can like and join the Media Marketing community. This is a good resource for collaborating, sharing ideas with other media creators, marketers, and those just looking to build their network. So until next time.